Nonstop Rock Talk with Tyson Bryden. Welcome to Nonstop Rock Talk. I'm your host, Tyson Bryden. Today, I'm very happy to welcome guitarist, singer, and songwriter, JT Lux. JT, how's it going, man? It's going great, man. Thank you so much for having me on. My pleasure, and thank you for coming on. Uh, before we get into music, uh, give me a little bit about your background. I understand you're 20 years old, and I believe you've been playing for a number of years. Yeah, I've been uh, playing since I was about 11 years old, and I got into guitar through my cousin, who really, um, he had been playing in my aunt's room a lot, and, and I just like thought he was so cool, and, and he told me that it was the best way to get girls. And so when I, was, when I was 11 years old, that's all I wanted, you know, and, and so I started playing guitar and then it turned into something totally different. It was a, it changed my life forever. And I met so many great people. And, um, you know, I had only been a guitar player for most of my uh, career. And then recently when I was 19, I had uh, started journey of singing and playing at the same time, which was a totally different ballgame. And now you front your own band. That's amazing. Yeah. Good for you, man. So, what's that, sir? It's been a long journey. That's awesome. Good for you. So, I mean, in, in terms of that, at 19 years old, you decide to start singing. Who kind of pushed you into, into the singing part? Definitely, I would say our producer, Frank Hannon. He, he's the guitarist of Tesla. and um, He really men mentored me. Beginning with my guitar playing, but I had a previous band that I um, was you, was recording in the studio with Frank and and uh, you know me and him would trade. I would go out and work on his ranch for studio time, and I would do all these outside chores, you know, because I didn't have any money. I mean, I still don't have any money, but you know, back uh, two and a half years ago when I when I turned eighteen, um, he offered me a job on his ranch to start, you know. Uh, doing that and and we ended up trading studio time for it with my previous band and uh, when that fell through you know I didn't have a singer I didn't have anything and I felt like I had lost everything and he told me he said he said you know you need to start singing you need to start singing and, and I didn't see myself as a singer because I looked up to bands of, of the 80s and, and and the 70s and all those singers sang really really high you know yeah and uh me, I have a really low voice, and I didn't think that it was going to work as a singer, you know, but he told me to start with something easy, start with Hendrix, and, you know, he said, I can hear in your voice, you sound like Jim Morrison a little bit, so he started to uh, encourage me to start uh, trying different avenues of, of things that were in my wheelhouse, and it really helped my confidence, and then um, from there, in the last year and a half, I've just been building my range and getting it bigger and bigger and just practicing every day. That's cool. Um, and speaking of that Jim Morrison thing, have you ever heard, you probably have never heard of a band called The Tea Party. Um, they're a band from Canada. They're from up here in Canada. I'm in Canada. I'm in, uh, I'm in Toronto, close to Toronto. So The Tea Party's like this band. So when they came out, um, they were, I think they were probably young like you. This is probably going back uh, mid-90s. And the, guitar, the singer, great guitar player, but he, he's also the singer. And he sounds very much like Jim Morrison. So if you ever get a chance, check them out because their first their first albums were really awesome. Yeah, uh, definitely. 
yeah, yeah, check them out, and you'll kind of maybe maybe you might pick something up out off of them. Like you know, if, if Frank's comparing you to you know Jim Morrison, this guy was kind of like when he came out, everybody's like, man, he's like the resurrection of Jim Morrison. <laughs> so, oh wow. Whoa. Yeah, so so they were a cool band. They're very they kind of changed over the years. I think they're still going, but uh, that first album really it was really hyped up here in Canada. So if you get a yeah. chance, check it out. Man. I, one of the things I love about Jim Morrison and the Doors is the lyrical content, and I think that that was something that I took away from them even more than the stylistic of the voice. Yeah, was telling the story and and um, really uh, being very mindful of the lyrics and and having them really mean something you know that's cool so getting back to frank did he kind of find you then as a guitar player yeah so it was weird because my parents would take me to tesla shows when i was growing up i that's mean i got some man i got this right here this is a, a poster that frank signed of mine wow. he signed this for me when i was 14 years old wow um you know so I was a big fan of, of, of Tesla and, and Frank's solo work, and uh, my dad would take me to the shows and stuff, and I started posting videos online of me playing, and, and I was really influenced by, like, David Gilmore and a lot of these, like, slower melodic players, B.B. King, Buddy Guy. Yeah. And um, he said I stuck out to him because I wasn't trying to shred, I wasn't trying to go as fast as possible. Yeah. Because... Uh, you know, I was never a fast player. I was never a shredder anyway. So I was just trying to do it what I what naturally came to me. And he said that stuck out to him as because I was melodic and I and and I sounded great as a 15, 16 year old kid. And um, like I said, that kind of evolved. And then when I turned eighteen, you know, he had contacted me, um, and you know, we started. I started working on his ranch, and and then he started helping me with my previous band and. And it just kind of went up from there, and and um, you know when, when like I said, when that all fell through, he really encouraged me to start fronting my own thing, and that's where we we land today. That's awesome. I mean, Frank. I mean, going back to the first, the Mechanical Resonance album, um, Modern Day Cowboy Boy, for instance. I mean, that op- that riff that he plays, you know, like, like totally stretches it out on the top part of the neck. I will, yeah. that always amazed me but the thing with frank's playing too he's melodic and he like he he is so good like i mean when you think of the solo for love song his solo on that is like that's one of those solos you can sing you know like one of those guitar solos that you can sing and and then you know that's a good guitar solo because it's memorable right yeah that's what he told me that's most important about solos being memorable you know yeah yeah, and I and I mean he can play fast, but I always like it when he plays something with a lot of taste, and you're like, man, he's so good. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm a guitar player myself, so I mean Frank's like one of those guys that I grew up listening to. I was a kid. Uh, I was like a I don't know how old was I when 1986. I was like 12 years old when their first album came out. So like I was kind of hooked right from the beginning, and then uh, Great Radio Controversy came out, and I was like, "Oh man, this is amazing!" <laughs> we, just, my buddies and I, wore the tape out. I have to admit. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's funny. My my parents were uh, probably around the the same age, and um, they're they're actually up here in the love song video, and they're all, like oh. just a little older than me. Yeah, cool. So it's, it's kind of a weird like generational thing, like to see. Frank, and in this video, and then seeing my parents, and then all of a sudden working with Frank, you know. Wow, are they in the crowd? 
Yeah, they're in the crowd. They had they had a big banner that, that, that they worked on in the garage for like two weeks. They worked on it. That's amazing. That's so cool, man. That's so yeah. cool. I I mean, I have the video, so I'm gonna have to pull that out and watch and watch for that part. That's really cool. Yeah. There's a lot of banners in the video, and I'm not quite sure which one it is. I have to ask them, but I know for sure it's in there. That's wicked. Now, sure. so now the band is is your name. Yeah. Right, which is spelled for those that are looking for the album, it's JT and then Lux, but it's spelled L O U X. Just so if you go online and you're looking it up, you listen to the interview and you're like, oh, I gotta check this out. So, so just look that up, it's L O U X. But, anyways, so let's talk about the other members of the band who's who and what do they do? Yeah, so on drums is uh, my good friend Zach Cook, he's 20 years old. And on bass guitar, we have Ethan Pecker, who's 22. And um, the funny thing about those guys is, like, they, they're best friends. And uh, they joined together. Um, I had ran into them at this convention called NAM yeah. down in Los Angeles in 2020. And this was right before everything closed down with COVID and everything. And um, I had put out, like, this little demo on SoundCloud and uh, it was just a it was just guitars and vocals and some harmonies and and, and whatnot. And uh, you know they came up to me at NAM and because we had known each other a little bit from the local scene uh, here in Sacramento because they had played around before. But um, you know they came up to me at NAM and they said, "Hey, that 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 uh, track sounds like it needs a rhythm section." And uh, no you know, so I was I was like really blown away because they they had been so busy with their previous project, but. It was kind of weird, like the stars aligned, everything happened because I had just left my band, they had just left theirs. We were both looking to start something new. And, um, you know, it kind of, it kind of uh, just went straight up from there. And, and when uh, we got back, we started jamming in like February, late February, early March, which is kind of like crazy because uh, everything shut down in the second week of March. And so we spent the whole, like, our band started pretty much in COVID. And so, you know, being able to do these shows this last couple of weeks that we had been doing um, was just like the best thing ever because we had never really experienced anything like that before. Wow. But, you know, like I said, that, that it was really cool because they were, they were best friends. And so the chemistry of the band really um, fit well right away. And it kind of allowed us to start songwriting process sooner than a lot of bands would because the chemistry that they had together was so easy going and then when uh they joined the mix in with me it was really easy going just the the vibe was there you know that's cool that's very cool so did was frank totally on board when he heard you guys play together was he like oh man okay this is it this is what we're this is the album we're gonna do kind of thing yeah well you know he had helped me because the original idea was when I left my previous band was to, to be a solo artist and Frank was going to help me just do that and help produce my solo stuff. And, and I really, I really uh, want, and he, to, he encouraged it too, but I, I really wanted to uh, have a band as well because I, I love rock and roll. And I think that like, it's really cool to that solo acoustic stuff, but yeah. I didn't know if it was going to be something that I could do forever. You know, I, I just love the idea of just rocking out with, Get with guitar. guitar. Guys. yeah yeah and be able to play guitar you know and just like and just like playing leads and stuff you know and and um so yeah so he was really on board with it right away he he actually me and the drummer met up at starbucks with frank and 
he and Frank was just like, you know, we, he just let him know, you know, what, what the, what the deal was and what, you know, what we were trying to accomplish. And, and the, both those guys were on board and, um, and then pretty much, uh, in March and April is when we started recording the album and it just came out last week. And so we're really proud of it. And the album is called Taken by Moonlight. Yep. And it's available on streaming right now. Um, but the physical copies are currently in production, I understand. Yes, sir. They're in production right now. And um, we've been selling a, a good, good amount of the copies. And um, we spent a lot of time on the, the artwork. And so, you know, we had originally planned to just do digital streaming because, you know, the way everything is nowadays... My friends don't even have CD players in their car, man. So it's yeah, like I don't have one in my truck either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So took them out, and so. But I do, I do think that there's a place for physical product. You know, like we'd love to eventually do vinyl, but we got to see how this first batch of CDs do. You know, I'd love to hear you say that too, because I, I'm a big vinyl guy. As you yeah. can, uh, I don't know if you can see it behind me, but my all my vinyls behind me. Coming back for sure. Oh yeah, it's a, it's awesome, man. I mean, and everything that comes out new now, if it's on vinyl, that's what I buy. I don't if 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 it's not available, I'll get it on CD. But I'm I'm still a big proprietor of buying physical copies. Yeah. Because I want to hear it in the best form. You know, like I don't want it compressed. I know they try and they tell you, you know, oh, it's it's almost as good. Well, you know what? That's not the same. That doesn't do it for me, right? I didn't spend I didn't spend a lot of money on good stereo equipment. So I can listen to MP3s or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, true. Yeah. So and I and I know I know Frank is big on they're big. I mean Tesla got they're big on um on the vinyl thing and um which Yeah, they're really awesome. they're really big on keeping it raw too. You know, their first record they, they advertised No Machines. No machines, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. No metrical, right? And what's really cool about our record is we did the same thing. We didn't use a click track. And um, you'll notice that the songs, they, they have a flow to them and they, they, at some points it's intentionally sped up or intentionally laid back in the groove, you know? And uh, that was all thanks to Frank's idea of just doing it old school and, and having the ability, you know, with our, our drummer, Zach Cook, he's killer on the drums, you know? And uh, to have somebody so talented on the drums like that, that can manipulate the, the, the song in, a, in such a way that it allows us to, to play without a metronome was a really cool idea because that's such a lost art. I think today is a lot of people immediately go to the metronome and they just, that's like the base, you know, they don't even think about it anymore. It just opens it up and they, and they figure it out right away. You know? Um, I just had, uh, Tommy Clofettos, Aussie drummer on last week, and he's got a wicked new album. Out. It's called Tommy's rock trip. And it's like 70s sounding, really cool. But he said the same thing. He's like, as a he's like, we didn't use a click. I was really surprised. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But that that also says a lot about a drummer that he doesn't need it. You know what I mean? And I think that's really cool. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think that that uh, you know, like I said, that's such a lost art today. And I think that um, a lot more rock bands. Well, some of these underground bands have started, just started to figure it out again that yeah. all the great records from the 60s and 70s weren't recorded with a click, and that's why they're great, you know, because it was just, like, in the moment, and it was great. And, and it reminded me of um, the track number four on the record is, is called Love is a Drug. And the cool thing about that song is 
I had the verse um, guitar part and melody for a while and we tried a couple different courses and they weren't working and we collaborated on that course with uh, Frank um, one night and, and we finally figured it out and then the next day in the morning we went into the studio at like 10 or 11 a.m. and we only had like an hour before this other band um, was going to come into the practice rehearsal space. Yep. So we're like, well, we better get this soon, you know, and, and uh, we got it in the very first take and everything that you hear on there, the whole drum track, nothing's manipulated or anything. And a lot of the um, actual live guitar tracks are on that, on that uh, solo and everything too. So it just kind of shows that like uh, sometimes the magic in the room is, is just as powerful, you know? That's wicked. So, I mean, when you first started working with Frank, was it intimidating at all? Definitely. I think um, it was nerve-wracking at first, but I, I realized that he was such a down-to-earth down person and just so, like, easygoing. And, you know, not only helping me out with a lot of music stuff, but he did help me out with a lot of personal stuff in my life. And, you know, I couldn't thank him enough for that. You know, he, he just helped me through a lot of stuff. And... and you just realize that he's a, he's just a human too, you know. He just he's just super super good at guitar, you know. It's yeah. like, and so, but it was definitely intimidating at first. But I think um, I think it was good. It was good to have that pressure because it it makes you um, it makes you better as a guitar player, musician, and all around person. That's cool. Um, I had Jeff Carlson was on about a year ago, and he's a friend of Frank's, and he. He said to me that he goes, you go jam with Frank and he like remembers everything. He's like, he'll remember like, it's unbelievable. His knowledge of songs that he remembers how to play on guitar. I, I'm the worst at it. It's like, Oh, I got to go back and relearn that. Cause I can't remember it. But apparently he like re retains all this information. Yeah. It's crazy. Cause, um, I, this whole past year, I actually lived at his house because uh, I was going through some personal stuff and, he offered me to stay at his place and it was weird because uh when you're living with him and you're just you know sitting there eating food together you forget how great of a guitar player he is and then when you go to gym and, and pull it out it's just like he his knowledge and everything is just like on another level his, of his experience and everything just like takes over yeah i i think it's awesome like there uh, there's been a few guys been on the show a few bands that have worked with frank and it's amazing because you guys are all younger guys and that was him back in you know the mid 80s he was that you know like 19 20 years old when he when they put out the first album and i love the fact that he's giving it back he's like okay i did this and he's teaching guys you know the ropes and the business as well as you know like producing and whatnot i think that's amazing yeah yeah because he he was really um he got help, a lot of help from ronnie montrose and yes so he would tell me he he he's got so many stories that he's shared with me that's helped me through times where you know you start doubting yourself and you start you know feeling that you know because the music business he he explained to me is super tough and you just got to keep going and keep your head down and keep grinding and and uh, that's what we've been doing this past year even through COVID you know we figured if we can do it through this time we can do it through any time yeah no that's amazing um so. Uh, in April, you released a video for the song Waited So Long uh, from the upcoming album as well. I guess, what, last week, Taken by Moonlight came out? Yeah, about I think it was six days ago now. And, and uh, we released that on our own YouTube channel, JTLUX. And um, 
it's been doing great. The wait it so long video was such a fun thing. You know, I, I'm a big I'm a big advocate for um, music videos that have more to do with like that has a storyline. I didn't want it to just be us playing the whole time, you know, and there's no like it didn't really mean anything. And and so throughout that video, you'll see like uh, different scenes that we had me and the director had put together and all these little transitional cuts and every little detail was worked out in that video. And so I think it turned out great. So this videos look really good. Yeah. If you guys want to go check it out, it's way under way too long. JT looks awesome. And now after, so I watched waited so long first and then YouTube kept playing. I got kind of sidetracked and I was doing so. And all of a sudden this video comes on of yourself with Frank doing a rendition of the intro to love song and you're doing that harmony part and i was like no way i was like that's so cool because that was one of the songs that for years um i wanted to learn so and uh so i learned that whole intro i learned the whole song and the solo and everything because i love i love that song so much right what was that like then how did that come about did frank say to you he's like hey man uh let's do a video on youtube and i'll get you to play that harmony part at the intro yeah, that was, um, that little section of it was for a little, it was for a charity live stream for, uh, guitars for vets and, and, and a couple of different organizations. And, um, you know, I had, I had gotten the chance to play, um, a bunch of Tesla songs live with him and his Frank Cannon band so cool. um, a couple of times before COVID and everything. We played at the Whiskey A Go-Go in Los Angeles and, um, you know, Frank came out with a beer. So we had a huge beer party. Which was funny because I was like 19 and <laughs> I was filming, I was doing all this filming at this beer, um, this beer place. And it was really cool, you know, that they would let me like try, try samples of Frank's beer. And I was like, I didn't tell anybody. Well, I'll let you know this. If you ever come to Canada at 20 years old, you can drink beer. You can drink as much beer as you want because our drinking age is 19. 19. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Dude. So, yeah. but you only you probably don't have too long till you're 21. So, but but it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, and in Quebec, it's 18. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. So. Cool. Yeah. So that you know, his he came out with a beer, and so I was able to play um, these Tesla songs and kind of like in front of like 500,000 people. It was pretty cool, but definitely nerve wracking playing. Yeah. Um, playing the parts i was playing all the tommy parts, tommy you know? parts yeah and um you know you mentioned jeff carlson we had done a gig together with jeff and he had he had we'd done a whole set of tesla songs uh, like a year and a half ago at this private show and so it started developing like that we played some live shows and then when when it came time to do this um this charity stream we did uh we did that love song intro and he he showed me like little details that a lot of people miss in there. And so it's cool to sit down with the guy who actually wrote it to tell me that I'm playing it wrong, you know? Yeah, that's funny. That's cool. So, yeah. so learning the Tommy parts, did Frank help you with that? Like, or did you just kind of like Tommy's on the, Tommy's on the left side, I believe. And Frank's on the right. I think that's how it goes. When I saw them yeah. live, that's how it was. Yeah, and actually, the way they mixed the records is it was like that a lot of the time. So like, it was so easier. What I would do is I'd take an earbud, and I'd take out the right one, and I'd put the only the left one in, and I could hear the parts a lot more clear. And I would try and learn them um, on my own as much as I could, and then Frank would be like, 
Well, we were in Bearsville, and I remember him doing this little de- this little detail here and this little detail here. So he would show me things that a lot of people don't know about it, and it was a really cool experience to be able to. Um, and it gave me a, such a, an appreciation for the song because you realize how much time they put into every single song. Yeah, I'm a, I mean, I'm a big fan of both of them, of their guitar playing. And I like Dave, too. Dave, Dave does a great job. Um, I saw Tesla in 1990 in Toronto with opening up for Motley Crue. And wow. yeah, and so Tommy, I don't know if Frank told you this, Tommy and Frank used to do this like wicked ass guitar solo. And then I think Frank would kill Tommy at the end of it and he'd fall to the ground kind of thing. It was, you got to ask him about it, man. It was, I was, how old was I? I was like 17, 17 years old seeing that. And I was like way up high and they were like this big. They were, but just seeing them live was just like, it was unreal, man. It was so cool. Yeah, yeah. So, like, like, um, like you said, the live experience is such a cool. There's nothing like it, you know. Like this whole past year, we had done a couple live streams, which were really cool. But uh, we had j- last weekend we just played at the Dallas International Guitar Festival, and we got to play three days in a row. Uh, one in Ardmore, Oklahoma, at this place called Two Frogs, which is like a little famous uh, bar. Great stage, great sound. And then we got to play. Uh, two days in Dallas and the live shows is just so insane how how it's like it's it's like the best drug ever it's crazy the feeling yeah and especially being deprived of it for a whole year it felt really good to get out there and show everyone our songs that's awesome was so now there's another live video of the song the eagle is that yeah and that Frank joins you guys he's he's on stage with you um, and he plays all the leads, it looks like, except for during the solo. I think you guys kind of both play together. Yeah. Um, it, does he, is that a song from the album as well? So that song was um, originally going to be on the album, but as we were developing our sound, we, um, we wanted to keep the, the theme similar, and I really love that song. So we decided to do a live take of it with Frank in it for another charity live stream. And... Um, we ended up putting it out recently, like like two weeks ago, or whatever. And That's it's cool. been getting good reception. And I, you know, I think eventually we'll put that live track on Spotify itself because people really seem to like it a lot. It's really good. It was really and good. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. So we, we um and and that was Frank's idea. We we had we had that song written, and he's like, "Hey, can I play guitar on this on your song?" Which I was like, "Whoa, that's backwards." <laughs> ah, that, I, yeah, that's badass, man. I should be asking you, you know, and and so he was really eager to do something like that, and um, that was such a cool video because, uh, you know, it it was just like it was in the middle of uh, COVID. It was like in October, November, and uh, you know, when with nothing going on, it was really cool to be able to do something like that, and and to be able to do it for a live stream and charity was a really cool cause as well. Yeah, it was amazing. It was really cool. It was cool to see Frank, and I'm like, oh, he's playing lead. This is great. So that was cool, and a great song. And I also noticed you guys, everybody in the, the all three of you guys sing. Like, the other guys sing good backups. Yeah, yeah. So they had never actually sang prior to joining the band. So when we first started, we were doing five to six days a week, like, Vocals, training, uh, um, 
not necessarily like with a coach because we, we, but we would all get into a room and just work on our blending and stuff and, and harmonizing and, uh, and playing and just songwriting all the time. And, uh, I think that that really helped us, um, you know, and I, I think the COVID whole, the whole thing as sad as it was for the whole country and the whole world, I think, um, it helped us because it gave us more time to develop our own originals and work on like you said, the singing and stuff. Yeah. Um, because they had never sang in their life before and neither did I, you know, we were all like, we were all hella new to it. So it was just a process and, and, it, and it took, it took this whole year just to be able to get to that point where we feel really confident in the songs and the, and the live. Frank, I mean, and a lot of people, do, I don't think they realize that I was watching the, the newest unplug they did at Abbey Road and I didn't even realize how much he sang. He's like, he's almost like he sings as much as Richie Sambora did with Bon Jovi. Like it's, and he's unreal. Like that's like one of his hidden talents. Like it's, people don't realize how good of a singer he is. Yeah. He, and, and, um, you know, he told me that he started singing way too late. You know, he would sing backups in Tesla, but he, um, wished that he had started to develop more of his, um, lead voice earlier on. And, you know, he said to me, he told me a story about his father-in-law, who's uh, Dickie Betts of the Allman Brothers. Oh, he told me that. Wow. Yeah. So he, yeah. So, um, they're, um, they're good acquaintances. And he said that Dickie told him a story one time in a hotel room about being, uh, you know, he said, you know, I'm not a singer myself, Dickie said, and, you know, but, you know, I had a song rambling, man. and, And, you know, if I had let anybody else sing that song, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today, you know? And, and so Dickie doesn't see himself as a singer, but he said, you just got to do it. And you just got to have the confidence. And, and he instilled that in Frank, you know, 20 years ago. And Frank passed that information on to me in this past year and a half. That's awesome. Now, I love the cover of the album, by the way. Uh, it's a picture of the band. I guess, I don't, I don't know how you describe it. I was looking and I was like, okay, is it like a 70s thing? Is it Western? What, what the heck is it? Who came up with that concept? It's cool. Yeah. The, so we had kind of gone back and forth with a bunch of different ideas. Um, and, uh, you know, Frank's idea was originally was to keep our faces on there. I had originally had like some um, other, other different cover art on there. But he, he had the idea of keeping our faces on there and, and marketing that, and which I think was a really good idea. And then we worked with this guy named Dwayne Surface. He's a uh, artwork design guy that works with um, a lot of bands and everything. And, and he had the idea of like an Art Nouveau style. And if you look up Art Nouveau, it's like, uh, it's kind of got that same kind of vibe to it. And, um, and then I thought, I thought the idea of like a want, you know, those old wanted posters from the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. I like the uh, aged kind of white. Stress, yeah. Yeah, so, and I wanted it to look vintage, but also have, like, um, you know, I wanted it to be familiar, but unique and new, and so we ended up with that cover, and I, I couldn't be more happy with it. Oh, it looks cool, and the t-shirts look cool, too, with that on the t-shirts. It looks really cool, because they look kind of vintage. It's like, oh, did you buy that in the 70s? Because that looks really cool. Yeah, yeah, that's it, man. That's wicked. Okay, so as we close out, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Um, thank you. I wish you the best of luck. Let's promote the crap out of this again and make sure everybody knows where to find you guys, find the band. 
and where they might be able where they can get a hold of music where they'll find the cd all that stuff yeah so uh you can visit our website we just launched it jtlux.com that's jtlux.com that's got every everything that you're going to need to find on there you can also find us on instagram at jtlux jtlux again uh on facebook and and instagram um, you know, and uh, like I said, our website is up. We're going to be doing more videos, more production, and everything. And um, you know, if if as things open up, if we're going to be uh, doing some touring and coming to uh, towns that are new, you guys, you guys can just check out our website. It'll all be on there. Awesome. Okay, man. Well, thank you. I wish you the best of luck. Hopefully, uh, I will see you up here in Canada at some point, and and I will buy you a beer. Yeah, I'm excited. I definitely want to go to Canada. That sounds like such a fun time. It is. You don't want to come in the winter, though. No. Yeah, don't let them make you come in the winter because you won't. Let, you'll have to bring a big coat and you know be a pair of boots and all that stuff, and hope yeah. you don't see snow. Yeah. <laughs> you want to come in the summer. You want to come during like from say like April to October. That's the time you want to come to Canada. Sweet. Yeah, I'll keep that in mind. Okay. Okay, man. Well, you enjoy the rest of your day, and thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Okay, JT. Best of luck, man. Take care. Take my moonlight, save it for tonight When I see you Something don't seem right Where's your appetite? Oh my love